You're listening to the Supertalk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Supertalk. My name is Tyrell Mills and today we're discussing impact investing with a view to examine the impact that COVID-19 has had on the appetite of superannuation funds and other investors for impact investing. There's very little that the COVID pandemic hasn't shaken up. And today we have with us Rekha Unathan, co-head of Impact from Nuveen, who will help to illustrate the areas in which impact investing is leading and creating new opportunities for investments this year, as well as creating better outcomes for communities and nations during a trying time. Rekha covers everything from the doors that have been opened in 2020 by volatility for better impact outcomes, the specific private equity investments that are seeing strong growth in the impact space at the moment, and her regard for the importance of resource efficiency and inclusive growth. Firstly, uh, how is impact investing been impacted in 2020 by the COVID pandemic uh, and the widespread market volatility? Impact investing prior to COVID, in the onset of the pandemic and related um, recession, was really becoming uh, more popular and much more acknowledged by mainstream investors as a way of really solving for large social and environmental problems while also Uh, solving for the long-term investment agenda. However, at the onset of every pandemic, you are concerned about new emerging themes of investing and what will happen to newer trends in the investment market relative to more established ways of investing. But that fear was largely displaced by the growing um, income inequity that has resulted coming out of COVID, um, and as well as this acknowledgement the climate change is not going away just because we have a major health crisis going on. Our planet continues to need a more resource efficient way to operate. And the disparity between haves and have nots in terms of socioeconomic paradigms continues to widen. I think large uh, institutional investors who have been sitting on the sidelines for several decades, thinking of impact investing as much more fringe are welcoming it into the mainstream way of investing, which is generally really good uh, for uh, impact investing as a sector. And specifically, given that impact is very focused on innovation and a new way of financing businesses and moving the world, thinking about profits, purpose, and planet um, is uh, going to be here for some time. Do you think the COVID pandemic, and you've Possibly slightly answered this in your first one, but just to drill down a little more. um, Do do you think the COVID pandemic will accelerate superannuation funds and institutional investors uh, taking on more impact investing? Uh, I I suppose an almost uh, a a metaphor uh, I I see in the way that lots of companies have had to accelerate their uptake of IT and tech because of the... uh, because of the pandemic, I mean, we're recording this over Zoom uh, and several continents away as a result of that. Um, so sort of similar to that metaphor, do you, do, you see, do you see an acceleration in impact investing, given, like you said, the wealth inequality being driven even more so by 
by the COVID pandemic? Yeah, innovation and technology led uh, investment themes were um, quite uh, prominent within the impact investing private, private equity sector already. But through COVID, that we've actually seen that some of the business models that were tech enabled uh, and we're using a digital format to interact with customers um, and grow market share um, have done extremely well through COVID. For instance, um, the movement of capital from developed markets to developing markets um, and the remittance uh, part of the, the global transfer of wealth accounts for something like two times of global financial aid or foreign aid going to developing markets. And in those instances, um, we have seen the uptake of digital remittances and savings and other models grow exponentially during COVID because it's possible to actually interact with the transfer of money, savings, and other products while also being socially distant and not interacting in a more traditional finance setting. I think another place where you're going to see um, continued focus is the quality and adequacy of our healthcare and healthcare systems and infrastructure globally. I think COVID has made it even more evident that healthcare infrastructure is generally not up to par globally. Our doctors are doing a fantastic job, but there's limited resources. So I think COVID will continue to push the need for investment in healthcare and diagnostics. And finally, when I think about a sector like education, for all of us who have children, have now them sitting at home and learning, regardless of grade, um, and education being such an important milestone for this whole year during which they'll operate in the pandemic, you're seeing some great investment themes from ed tech companies and education companies who are helping parents deliver high quality education, as well as educators deliver high quality education remotely. So these are some great investment themes that you'll see. And finally, I think on the planet side of the equation, while you know industrial and commercial and office um, waste is down, right? Um, what we're noticing is that waste has just moved from the more commercial domain to the residential domain, right? The need for recycling continues. The need to think about sorting, to think about how we operate our buildings, how we operate our transportation systems doesn't change. And so we're just seeing that those investment themes will be resilient um, even post-pandemic. And so are you, are you seeing uh, sort of healthy amounts of private equity investment in all of those sectors, tech, health, education? Like obviously they're kind of, like you said, they're, they're very much moving along because of the COVID pandemic, but is that actually being reflected on the investment side? So the investment side is... Um, a lot more fragmented than you can um, than you would expect, and that's because some of the realities of an investment environment still require more traditional methods of due diligence and money transfer. What I've noticed is that um, companies that are at a more mature stage and are well capitalized have been able to support their growth quite well during this time and are being actually quite opportunistic to look at investment themes, not just around growth capital for organic growth, but ways to consolidate the industry through acquisitions mm -hmm. or other strategic moves. And I think investors have been quite supportive of those transitions. The reality um, of meeting companies, uh, sitting across the table from CEOs of management team, 
continues in the socially distant world. However, the need for capital in many instances, as I described, does not change. So I think capital is flowing into these fantastic investment themes, albeit it's moving in a much more fragmented way uh, where investors who have much more local knowledge of the, the criteria are able to meet teams in person, are able to potentially move a bit faster. Um, or um, some investors who want to invest large amounts of capital are being a bit cautious about how to value companies today, right? Valuations pre-COVID were reaching all-time highs through business cycle, um, um, as we saw. Um, but perhaps um, there was a little bit of dampening of valuations, and there'll be some sort of normalization as various investors, as companies reach kind of an equivalent status with thinking about risk as well as the future growth opportunities. So just finally, you, you've said that you focus your impact investment on uh, along two important themes, inclusive growth growth, and resource efficiency. Uh, can you talk me through, through those a little bit? What do you mean by inclusive growth? Yeah, sure. Inclusive growth um, is our growth equity, private equity focused theme. Um, that is an investment theme that can be um, executed globally. Um, it's focused on the thesis of the low-income emerging customer being, being a paying customer, a customer that who we think needs access to basic products and services like healthcare, education, financial services, but um, doesn't access it in the same way like a higher middle-income customer does. So there we're focused on companies that are treating that customer uh, in the unique way that product needs to be designed for them, the customer needs to be acquired, and how those products are scaled to make commercial uh, size returns. And we think there's great examples of that, including the remittance play that I talked to you about. We funded a agriculture finance company in India that looks to provide working capital loans to smallholder farmers. And so the theme of the low-income emerging customer is what's underpinning our inclusive growth thesis. Resource efficiency is our planet-focused theme. And there, uh, once again, a global theme with a tilt towards de developing markets, where we seek to invest, once again, minority stakes in growing companies that are doing things better, faster, and more efficiently while generating less waste. So it's looking at ways to make the built environment more, environment more efficient to make agriculture value chains more efficient, to look at themes like transportation and waste and recycling and make them more efficient. So funding companies that can either be service providers to these large value chains to make them greener and reduce carbon emissions or reduce tons of metric, uh, metric tons of waste, or be disruptors to think of ways to do, um, to, to do these value chain and disruptions uh, in a more efficient way. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, with the goal of, uh, serving more customers today who are underserved, but also uh, delivering that promise of a greener planet. That's all for this episode of the Super Talk podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, a big thank you to Rekha Unathan for her time and her insights today. And of course, to all at Nuveen who helped to bring this episode together. Until next time, bye for now.